This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. Hello everyone and welcome to a... Another episode of Zing This. You, of course, got me, Zinger, and I'm joined by a special guest this week. Hi, guys. It's Zach from Cinemodies and Zenger's side podcast, Knights of Vader, a Star Wars nonsense podcast. Oh, it's a Star Wars nonsense podcast now. Good. We're, we're moving up in the world, or sideways, slightly. Yes. Star Wars nonsense galore. Yes. But um, we, we have a certain sin commodities to discuss with zach later but first um want to mention a few things one i did beat sonic 2 ironically on the last possible day right before i recorded with goobs and toby for secret levels the universe decided to reward me by beating sonic 2 by giving me the live action images of sonic and I think I punished, I'm being punished for beating Sonic 2 now. Because I, for a time, completely forgot they were making a live-action Sonic. And now I'm horrified that I'm being reminded of its existence. Zach, do you have any input on this? Um, I'm not a huge Sonic fan. I have seen at least one of the images Zenger referenced. But I am not bothered by it. I, again, I'm not a huge Sonic fan, so I'm like... I'm not but you see should it be anyway. bothered by it as a person who sees things with their eyes. It looks terrifying. It looks like what a studio executive would think a live action Sonic would look like. It's it's exactly what you'd expect it would be. It it, it is okay. I I, I, I want to have a full discussion about this with Toby um, on like a Patreon episode where it's just me and him just screaming, looking at the image of just how horrified we are. But if I have one note I can make, why couldn't you have made his eyes bigger? Like, like make them bigger like they are in the game. I think that's what gets me is his eyes are tinier, and it just doesn't look... Well, first, the whole thing doesn't look right, but then it's like that doesn't even look more right. By the <laughs> way, Wreck-It Ralph did it perfectly. Sonic was in there. Why not just use just that Sonic? I don't need a live-action Sonic in my life. I'm pretty sure Alita Battle Angel kind of burned the bridge on Hollywood and big eyes for characters. You know what? I, I still have not seen that movie, and I know that there's a lecture coming for me from you for that, but I didn't notice it after a while. Like, after I kept seeing trailers and stuff, I didn't really notice it anymore. Like, like, I mean, I noticed they were bigger, but it's like one of those things to where it didn't seem weird out of place. Well, I've I've heard... I've heard stories that they, because Alita had very long, like, oh, it's gonna be released in July of 2018, then December, then February. I've heard stories that they did make her eyes a little smaller. Because if you go back to some of those trailers, like when they first like started like playing in December 2017, that her eyes are a little bit this size down a little bit. They're not as like over the top, like big. Yeah. And I think that was done to make it less distracting to casual audiences. Filthy casual viewer. Yes. No, I mean, I I never was interested in a Sonic live action movie, nor did I ever think I needed one. And it's funny because I feel like 
video game movies are about to get a huge step forward because of Detective Pikachu. That's which, not a video game movie. Which, by the way, yes, there is equally horrifying, like, oh my gosh, Pokemon looking lifelike, freaky, but some of them work. It's just, I feel like we're going to take this huge step forward to video game movies becoming a thing, and then get blasted back to the Stone Age by this Sonic movie. Eh, I, I, okay, I'll give you that Sonic is kind of like the worst case scenario of what people were expecting from Detective Pikachu. Yeah. But at the same time, though, I don't know. It's Sonic's a weird character. It, it's a character that really... I don't know, Zinger. You're the gamer here. Does Zenger resonate... I, you have to get Quinn back in here. You have to ask <laughs> Quinn if she recognizes Sonic. I don't know. I mean, I was playing it a lot recently, but... I, I think it would just be she, she'd refer to that with profanity, because that's mostly what oh, I said every geez. time I died. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think, I think a Sonic movie is made for people our age... More than it's made for six years old, uh, six year olds. I mean, but Sonic has always been part of the cultural lexicon since he came out. They've o- there's always been a Sonic game. I'm not saying there's been good Sonic games all the time, but there's always been a Sonic game or some kind of Sonic in media, and movies have kind of just skated by with non with a whole non existence of them. I mean, except for like him being mentioned in both the Wreck It Ralph movies and present in both the Wreck It Ralph movies, and he did perfectly fine in those because they just put the character. I mean, it's it's it's, it's an animated movie, so it's different. But yeah, yeah, I just, I, just... I, I it depends on who they're making the movie for. That's the thing too is that if they're if they're making it for a younger audience, which I think is misguided. Whereas again, De- Detective Pikachu seem. I look at Detective Pikachu and all I can hear is this cast registers ching-ching with all the money that thing's gonna make in a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, P- Detective Pikachu is a different thing because Pikachu has more of a oh god, Pikachu is the Mickey Mouse for Nintendo. Yeah, and Sonic's kind of like the oh god, how would you describe Sonic? He's kind of like the oh god, like the Oliver and Company for, for video games. Where like oh, he has a following, but you have to really be into video games, I think, to to appreciate Sonic. He's not meant for the filthy casuals. He's Sonic has been it's it's this weird things I was trying to think I was like when would a better time have been for a Sonic movie I live mean live action or animated just 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 live I mean I'm just going live action so I was like thinking I'm like well the last time Nintendo did a movie was the Mario Brothers movie and it took them how many years to finally Go back, get back to that to do the Pikachu movie because I think, if I'm correct, that's the only Nintendo-related property that's been done. Yeah, since like since the the awfulness that was, or greatness that was. Have you covered that on Cinemondi's yet? Speaking of which, because that is one. Yeah, people want us to cover that. I I've never seen it before. I have really no affinity toward it, so it's kind of like low on the list. Yeah. Of, of things to cover but no from what i've seen of it, it it definitely checks those boxes but it's it's nothing that i have any sort of like emotional attachment towards good or bad i see i don't have any I'm, i have an emotional attachment to sonic as it was one of the first games i played and up until uh about a week ago i'd never beaten sonic 2 somehow and i finally beat it ironically as our backlog challenge and by the way for this month i am doing uh far cry 3 the remaster for PS4, so 
Yay. Now that, that that I have beat, but yeah, like I said, going going back through it. So, but no, it, it was just weird how like I beat that game, and then these images come out, and I'm like, I feel like somehow the world, the the universe has spoken to me and been like, you did something bad. Here's how you're rewarded. Look at this terrifying image of Sonic. Well, I, I remember when I first saw the the image of, or I guess well, I don't even call it an image. I remember seeing this was a couple of months ago. It was like someone took a picture of like a standee in a movie theater, and it's like him, like what, sitting on top of the Golden Gate Bridge? Yeah. And you see like his legs. I remember seeing that on like Twitter and being like, oh, like someone's like having fun. And then like a couple of days later, I was in my local movie theater and I saw the standee. I'm like, oh my God, that, that was real. <laughs> I, I honestly thought it was like a joke that someone was doing, being like, oh, this is the worst case scenario for this thing. And it's like, nope, it's real. I I feel like this is like the Venom movie, but for video games and will be bad. Because I feel like the Venom movie is this weird sort of, like, if you had put that movie out in the mid-2000s, the plot and everything from it seemed like it was from there. And this will be the same thing as, it's a video game movie that was put out when video game movies were like the thing in the mid-90s. Like, it's going to be the same concept, but done terribly. And with horrifying effects. Uh, That's my early prediction. Yeah, Seeing no I, trailer. I, well, that, okay, that's the weird thing about like analyzing this stuff. Like, We don't have a lot to go on with Sonic at this point. We don't have that trailer. And with any sort of visual effects, they, they definitely will keep refining it, refining it, refining it until it hits theaters in November. Kind of like what's going on with uh, the genie, with uh, Will Smith and Aladdin. That's I know a lot of people kind of, well... That trailer was so bad that Disney dumped the Frozen 2 trailer to kind of get the taste out of his mouth. Yeah, just, that's... Just throw anything in front of people. Pretty much. And, and the problem with like, special effects, though, it's just how much time you give the artists that work on this stuff to kind of just re, like, refine it to a point of no return. And again, I don't know. Who knows what's Sonic? They could be definitely doing more stuff. They, with something like Eyes, they could change that very easily between now Well, and I mean, November. that's... That's the biggest thing that's bugging me, and if you fix that, I'm still like, it doesn't look right. Like, there is no winning, in my opinion, with if if, if I was in a test audience or put, once again, I, I don't really use Pitchman Zinger on Zingness, but if I was Pitchman Zinger in there, I would be like that guy that's like, it doesn't look right. And then I'd give them a list of things to change, and they'd change it, and I'd be like, it still doesn't look right. Like, they're, like until you just get an image of just cartoon Sonic... Just Roger Rabbit, Cartoon Sonic, in the movie. That's the only way I'm going to accept this as something. Well, that's the kind of issue with doing something like Sonic, where it's not a just comparison to something like Detective Pikachu. Because you have to compare the two characters. You've got Pikachu and Sonic. Pikachu's had so many incarnations at this point since the, the inception of Pokemon. Between, again, the, the anime... The trading cards, the video games, the stuffed animals, and all the other appearances Pikachu has made over the years. Pikachu looks different pretty much every single time you see him. And I don't mean that like in the sense of like aesthetically. I mean like we're used to seeing him in all these different just uh, incarnations. Again, like a trade, the trading card image is different each time they release a new series of Pokemon cards. Each um, game see- sprite is different. Well, what they, they're, they're kind of evening out now, but... They ch- they've changed him a lot since his initial debut. Yeah, ex- he's slimmed exactly. down. He's lost some weight. <laughs> That's actually a true uh, statement. Funny enough. 
Oh yeah, I know what you mean. And and that's my thing though, is that like Pikachu has changed so much or evolved over the last like what, twenty something years, pardon the pun. It's it's hard for people to nail down what their incarnation of Pikachu is because he does have so many different looks. Whereas what you were saying with Sonic, Sonic has like what, three tops? Um classic Sonic from the first gen games, then the three D version where they kind of the the more the one that everyone's accustomed to is the one that was kind of after Genesis, sort of after the Genesis one where they gave him actual eye color and bigger pupils and everything. But and then there's the Sonic Boom know. one, and then there's of course the comics. There there's there there is a few different versions, but he stayed aesthetically pretty much the same kind of blue blur. Well, yeah, he he's aesthetically consistent for the most part. Yeah. And I think that's the concern is that when you, you do like, – that's the double-edged sword of cons- consistency. Like all we hear about nowadays like, oh, why couldn't you keep X looking the same, whether it be something like, I don't know, um, like uh, Star Wars or something. And that's the thing about it. If you keep it so consistent in that when you do have to eventually branch out, people will reject it. And that's why you have – again, it, when it comes to managing a brand or an IP, you do need to have that wiggle room and know when to kind of say, okay, we're going to go out on a limb here because it will pay dividends later on down the road. Because, again, when Detective Pikachu came out, everyone was kind of collectively holding their breath as to what he'd look like. And as soon as I saw him, it's like, okay, this is a winner. It's like yeah. no one's going to complain about him. Especially, the only thing – I'm surprised there's, there wasn't a backlash to the fact that Ryan Reynolds is not even trying slightly to mask his voice. And it's just uh, like a straight up just, oh, it's Ryan Reynolds talking into a microphone. Uh, but that just shows you how much people love the, the design of that character. Yeah, I, I, I still I say Dan DeVito should have done the voice. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was thinking about that after Ryan Reynolds d- – d- well, I, when I first announced him, I was like, "Oh, okay, like that—that's inspired the same way Bradley Cooper's Rocket Raccoon's inspired." And then when I saw the trailer, I'm like, "Oh God, it's just gonna be his his point blank voice." And the more I think about it, I don't know who you get to do Pikachu because I know they what they do. Oh, Zinger, you're the expert here on this. Didn't they release a Pokemon movie in the last couple of years where like they redubbed the like the the anime and Pikachu like talks in the first episode? When, yeah, like, there's there's a. I can't remember which one it is, but there is one where Pikachu does talk for like a little bit. Because I remember I saw like somebody like was recording their theater. I think it was like what Pikachu, I choose you, the movie. Yeah, something like that. And somebody like recorded their theater's reaction, and the audience reaction was hysterical to it. So I guess it's just I don't people know screaming, how... "Oh God! Oh God! Oh God!" Pretty much, it was. I, I, it's got to be out there somewhere. But it was it was funny, and I guess with like Ryan Reynolds, that's just the the easiest, lowest common denominator approach. Yeah. Like, do we know who's voicing Sonic, or or is he even talking in this? I, uh, I mean, Sonic talks in more recent editions. Oh God, you're gonna make me see. I didn't think this conversation was gonna go on this long, but you know what? It has Sonic. Maybe it'll be Dan. See, Dan. see, there's somebody that redesigned it and fixed it and gave him bigger eyes. Okay, I'm going to screen share, because oh, I have to. This is excellent podcasting. Yes, here, see, huh? look. Just just make them that much bigger. And it doesn't look as terrifying. <laughs> well, it's, it's a matter of preference. Clearly, somebody in Hollywood likes the way... Uh... Likes the way, yeah. That's... Well, they're wrong. I'm not saying you, you, you your opinion's wrong, but yours. Is, yeah. See, 
that thing looks horrifying. That, that looks like nightmare fuel come to life. Well, the problem is that there, there's like an uncanny valley. Oh, it's, no. It, it, there isn't a valley. Like, this is the uncanny Marianas Trench. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Uh, but the problem, though, is like. like I just see him sitting there and just going, <sighs> gotta go fast. And it's just terrifying. He looks like a furry. <laughs> God dang it. It's just, it's just horrifying. Horrifying. He looks like a furry in, in the real, yeah. Yeah, that's the furries are gonna eat that up. Are we allowed to say that word on the podcast? <laughs> I don't know. Are we allowed to say it's not to be believed. <clears throat> oh. Okay. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, there's a website. This isn't gonna help me. So what are we looking up? Websites like this. <laughs> I don't need to screen share with you anymore. Okay. But no, I mean, like I said, just something that simple. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm not. I wasn't going to see it either way. So, uh, wh- whoever appeases people, so be it. Um, I am not seeing a listing. Up, oh, wait. Probably haven't announced it yet. No, they actually have. Um. And there's the reveal. Ben Schwartz. Yep. What's Ben Schwartz done? He was a stormtrooper. Oh, he's one of those. Yep. Oh god, they picked up they picked a Parks and Rec actor. Ugh. Oh god, they really are going lowest common denominator. That's I mean, yeah. like I said, I haven't heard him do it, so I mean but but also, just as a reminder to anyone out there who's wondering, um wait. James Marston's in this? Why not? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. Why not? James Marston's cool. He, he is. It's just like, wait, what? I loved him on 30 Rock. And poor Teddy. Um, no, to, to get back, try to focus for me. Um, Jim Carrey is Robotnik. Oh, really? I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't like it. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, that makes perfect sense. What? That, that they don't know what they're doing or that they think this movie's coming out in the 90s? Well, you said that's what the... Okay, you made the comparison to Venom. That's what it should be. If they're going to do... Like, do what Venom did. You play You play into the fact of your weaknesses. Play into the fact that you can't connect to any other Marvel film. Play into what limited scope you have. And you'll and guess what? Venom made almost a billion dollars. I, I just don't see Jim Carrey looking like... Teddy Roosevelt yelling about oh. how he needs to get a hedgehog. Oh, yeah, I could see that. 110% I could see also, that. Also, I, I hope this takes the route of his Kick-Ass 2 appearance to where he joins <laughs> PETA and is against the movie then because he thinks they spray-painted a hedgehog. <laughs> yeah, I guess it should be should be noted that Jim Carrey's like legit insane right now. Well, I mean... He he did the whole. I'm, I don't know this this uh, the the kidding. I don't know. He's done some stuff apparently recently. It's been okay, but uh, all I do is I see him every once in a while. The fact that he made some like disfigured like portrait of Trump. Like every single day, I see yeah. like, Jim Carrey painted another picture. I'm like, great. Is there anybody who cares at this point? But no, I mean, I know that a trailer's on the way. I know it well, is. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be tied uh, with Avengers Endgame. They're gonna, there's gonna be. Like, it's sad. Avengers Endgame's gonna be seven uh, hours long. And it's gonna have three hours of trailers in front of it. 
Oh God. I just I I, I I need to stop because this wasn't supposed to be this full episode. But the storyline is a cop in a rural town of Green Hills. There's a blank stare on my face for that reference. Will help Sonic escape the government who is looking to capture him. I hate when that happens. <laughs> Wait, this I, seriously? Did they did they go? Hey, here's this character. He's this guy named Sonic. Here's his description. He's a blue hedgehog. Does anyone want to play one of his games to kind of get an idea of what? Nope. Shouldn't we? Nope. Just lowest common denominator, people. If it sells merchandise, that means it's accomplished its job. Ugh. Um. All right. I, I'm going to move on now because I feel like I have to. I'm gonna try to filibuster him, folks, because see, I know what he, I know what he's trying to get at now. So if I keep talking to him about Sonic, I can run the clock out on this. I. He has a point. Um. All right. So now it's time for why I brought Zach onto this show. Zing this court is now in session. It is. Ruh, ruh. It is Zing This versus Zach on the grounds of Watchmen. And it, I've already actually made my decision on how you've been judged. So let's see if you can sway me. <laughs> so I don't even get, I don't even get to uh, change your mind? Well, you can try. It's going to take a lot of doing. Just like, um, actually, not to rope it back in, but just like me having an opinion about Sonic isn't this is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. So, um, would you like to tell the listening audience here why I have dragged you on? Why why you assumed I have dragged you on here? Um, I don't know. Zenger and I were at a bar, and he, puts, he put a, a, a Mickey in my drink. <laughs> and next thing I knew, I woke up in the Zeng this court. That's how it normally happens, but, but in this case... <laughs> Um, I want everyone to imagine it's like the end of Casino Royale. Zenger has me in a chair with the bottom cut out. And he has a giant like ball of rope knotted at the end. He's just twirling it around me as I'm like drenched with sweat going, oh, God, what am I doing here? What mistakes in my life led me to this point? Well, choosing to do a podcast was one of them. <laughs> choosing to have me on said podcast was another one. Then choosing to follow up that podcast by doing another one about odd stuff in cinema. Yes. Is, is but, that the best yeah, way to describe it? <laughs> sure. Just basically bad choices uh, compounded on top of each other. So, no, Zenger had me on because for my second podcast, Cinemodies, where we talk about uh, weird esoteric media, for the 10-year anniversary of Watchmen, which as we're recording this, I have no idea when it's going out. It will be going as- out on Friday. So, two days ago, um, the 6th of March. Okay, so is the is, is 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 the date we are recording? Yes, which is the tenth anniversary of Hack Snyder's Watchmen. Was not planned out, but you know what? Anyone who listens to Cinemodies knows my affinity for anniversaries. So I I could you know what I'm being blindsided here, but you know what I appreciate the fact that it coincides with the anniversary, so I'll take it. Perfect. Uh, but no, on Cinemodies we released an episode two days ago as you as we're recording this but four days ago by the time you're hearing it or if you're listening to this months after the fact lord knows <laughs> a time ago yourself a time ago um talking about Watchmen with my co-host rob uh we talked about it is we did the same thing kind of like an anniversary discussion under our series about failed blockbusters where we'll talk about things like Watchmen, 2003's cat in the hat 
Gods of Egypt, starring Gerard Butler as a Scottish Egyptian pharaoh. Because, oh, my brain hurts. Because that's a thing that happened. And but no, for Watchmen, I or maybe Zenger, maybe you want to give me your context or or tell your audience what my opinion on Watchmen is. Okay, well, your sin, commodity. Um, but up, up, yeah, exactly. Um, I was amazed that there was no man. You you kept, you guys kept talking about how this is one of the most faithful adaptations, or was prized as one of the most faithful adaptations of a comic book to a movie. But somehow avoided discussing 300, which is like panel for panel from the graphic novel almost. Well, this I is say, this is by the way. Episode. This is by the way super close though to the Watchmen to the graphic novel. That's why there's some weird camera angles and some weird shots here and there that I'm that I'm just pointing out now because of course. If you are a good listener of Zingness, you will know that there was a crossover episode we did a while back where we discussed both the comic and the movie with uh, Jack of All <laughs> Trades. And um, you, you got our opinion there. So, mind you, this is not a perfect movie, but I just wanted to bel- belligerently yell at Zach for a while and have him defend himself because I find it funny. But, yeah, I you, you guys kind of, I mean... I, I want to talk about 300 on Zingness. I really do because I feel like that is an amazing movie that everyone... I, I feel like... I wish there was just a... Zinger defends the following movies, which I feel is what this episode is going to be, is Zinger defends the helpless Watchmen movie against the meanie that is Zack. Well, okay. I, okay. I don't like this movie for different reasons that most people do. And I think I made that clear in the cinematic. You discussion. did, and that's why you got to make it clear on here so people don't think I'm attacking you for the wrong reasons. No, well, again, you And for some of the right ones, too. <laughs> no, so to give everybody kind of my nutshell background with Watchmen was I remember I first saw the trailer, or my first experience ever with Watchmen was the trailer that debuted with The Dark Knight in 2008. I was with my friend Sal at the time. Which we, I have we, a note on that, by the way, which might be rude and condescending, but I'll get to that in a second. Oh, I look forward to hearing that. So as as we saw The Dark Knight, we saw the trailer for Watchmen. I can still remember the shot of Night Owl coming out of uh, um, Archie, and we both made the joke like, oh, look, it's Batman before Batman. And over time, we started getting closer to the Watchmen release date of March 6, 2009, which might be the most clever part of the marketing for Watchmen. I started getting, I started to get more and more sucked into the hype of it. I bought the graphic novel like a couple of weeks before it came out. Read it during my physics high school class because my teacher didn't teach it all, and I really got sucked up into it. Where like I was like much like I do with Star Wars and most other things I get into movies. I was like buying all the merchandise. I bought posters. I bought action figures. Also, like I said, I drank the Kool Aid hard. Actually, and I meant to bring this up in the Cinemodis discussion, I actually had a custom Watchmen shirt made, much like my Avatar shirt that I had made during 2009. Um, I actually found it the other day. I'll send Zenger a picture of it. And it's I, I, I saw the movie. My first showing, I saw it on March 6th um, as a betrayal to Rob because I lied to him because he, he, he told us, like, oh, we can't see it until the next day. But I had to see it opening day. Because that's a weird compulsion I have. I have to see a movie opening day or else I like break out into hives. And I saw it. My friend Sal completely ruined the movie-going experience for me. Every single moment of the film was absolutely hysterical. To this day, I don't get that. Like, don't get me wrong. There's a couple scenes in the movie that are unintentionally hilarious. Especially the, the, pa- 
Patrick Wilson, Malin, a- 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 what's her name? Malin Ackerman sex scene, mm-hmm. um, which might be the, the greatest sex scene in the history of cinema for, for so many reasons. But other than that scene, there's really not that many comical moments in this. And he ruined it for me. And I remember walking out of it just being kind of furious for more reasons than one. But then I saw it the next day with my co-host Rob when we were still in high school. And I absolutely loved it. And then over the last 10 years, my opinion on it has cooled considerably. Now, just to clarify, because this needs to be clarified, you have seen all the versions of it. I've seen the theatrical cut and the ultimate cut, or the, I'm sorry, the director's cut. I have not seen the seven-hour cut with Tales of the Black Freighter. What? No, because I'm not going to... We need to stop this right now. We are not, I am not going to sit through like a 10-hour cut of this movie. I sat through Sucker Punch once. I sat through Sucker Punch once. Hack Snyder's not getting any more, more, any more of my time. All right. Aside from the the blatant, hold on, I'm, I'm Judd Zinger. Aside from the blatant statements made at the expense of the um, Sucker Punch movie, which if Councilman Ellie was here, you, you, she she would th- she would throw the book at you. Um, we 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 have accepted your, I guess, opening statements. I want on record. I'm pleading no contest. Okay. Um, courtroom no jargon. Courtroom jargon in response. So that's that. That's my response. Um. So. <laughs> so one, you have you have not seen the definitive version of the movie. Then you are openly admitting that. There's no definitive version to to to, to this because it's a mess, no matter how you cut it. Well, okay, I want it to be on record, and this is something that I thought of while I was listening in between my screaming outburst um, to this. There is no definitive version of any Zack Snyder movie. The guy can't cut a movie together and have, like, a version of it because 300 has multiple cuts. Watchmen has multiple cuts. Allegedly, Justice League has multiple cuts. (laughs) Zenger, say it. Say the four words that have... That I want the Snyder Cut. Release the, the Snyder, Snyder cut. cut. Release the Snyder Cut. So saith Judge Zinger. Did, did you know, Zinger, that if you go out into like the, like the mountains in like the, the west, and during calm nights with no wind, you can actually hear the howls of, Release the Snyder Cut! <laughs> so, I mean, like, like I said, I, mean, I, I don't mind Zack Snyder for the most part. He has I a don't very like him either, except for the fact he's only made one good movie, which is the uh, the the legend I, of um legends of Galhoun. I am never going to say that. I I originally used to say that he made one and a half good movies. Then when I rewatched Watchmen for our cinematic discussion, I changed that to he's made only one good movie now. Wait, you're not going to say which one it is? I'm not going to say. Which, you know what? I'm going to leave it up to your audience to decide. Zach, I'm sorry. Hack Snyder has made one good movie. I'll let your audience decide what movie that is. Well, I, I, I got to look real quick. It's just, pretty just, obvious what the one good movie is. Well, duh, the answer is 300, but um, anyways. Spoiler alert. Yes. All right. Remember, Zanger, when it comes to opinions on Sucker Punch, uh, si- was it Silence is Agreement? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's either that or Man of Steel, so. No. Oh man, he's making more movies. Yeah. Oh, Don. Well, I, I, I guess my process of elimination, my guess is three hundred. I can or, either confirm or, 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 Zach is admitting that he watched Sucker Punch, 
and he will not watch it again because he's like, I've seen perfection, and I cannot go back to it. As someone who spent twenty dollars to see Sucker Punch in IMAX, I you know what I've earned my right to complain about that movie. Well said. So your problems with this movie? I I I, th- I think did we did we completely avoid like actually talking about what your problems were? <laughs> see, folks, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna keep talking to him until it's like a four hour long recording. He has no, he has basically no choice other than just to throw the entire episode out, except for the Sonic discussion for the first <laughs> half an hour. Just just hard cuts after that. Pretty much. Now, I will admit, you, you did bring some... I, I Okay, on my own, I will admit that I you did bring some stuff to light with me. Does this movie have bad acting in certain scenes? Or bad line reading? That's not my Heck that's yes, not my it complaint. does. That's not but, my but, complaint, though. But, but you made me realize that. It's one of those things that I was like, wow, how did I not realize that before? Is, um... Is Jackie Earl Haley's performance as Rorschach Oscar nominated and and like one of the be- best parts of that movie? Heck yes. Yeah, like like undeniably that he, he he just carries that movie on his back. Which ironically, if you think about it, in the comics, Rorschach kind of carries that story for a while too, as being one of the more interesting characters for the most part. Well, that, that was the thing I brought up in the Cinemodies discussion, was that if you're... Okay, my, my biggest complaint with Watchmen 2009 is... Finally, we're going to get there. Yes. Is that... Uh, is there anybody who knows there anything about the Watchmen graphic novel and how many times they tried bringing it to the uh, silver screen? It was had this reputation of being the unfilmable project. And I remember back in 2009 watching Hack Snyder's film being like, No! He nailed it! This movie's great! And as time's gone on, the more I watch this movie, it's like, oh god! Like, and, and that's my that's my problem with this movie, is that Watchmen is such a dense text. There's so much going on. There's so many layers of subtext to every single one of the stories, um, all the characters, what they're feeling emotionally, and yet he tries to make a faithful adaptation in three hours or less. And that's my problem is that there's no way to do that. And so with any, it's the rules of ad- any adaptation. You have to pick and choose things to adapt from the source material. And my, the thing I said was that considering that the, probably the three most human characters in this or the most relatable characters for any or for the filthy casuals going to see this opening weekend, it would be Rorschach, Dan Dryberg, and Sally Jupiter. You should focus on those three characters exclusively. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you cut out Dr. Osterman or the comedian or Adrian Veidt, but they should be the focus of it. And things that drive me nuts about this movie, and it's a thing that Hack Snyder does a lot, and I mentioned it in Cinemodies, I'll bring it up again, is the, the funeral of the comedian. And the fact that, like, oh, we see the Adrian Veidt memory. We see the Dr. Manhattan memory. We see the Dan Dryberg memory. And as I was rewatching, I'm like, oh my god, this is Batman v Superman again. We see the Aquaman tease, the Flash tease, the Cyborg tease. And it's like, it's like, oh my god, like you're just shoving things in here for ch- it's checklist filmmaking, much like the Sonic film. It's checklist filmmaking. Like, oh, we need this scene, we need that scene, we need this. No, it's it's, like, it's for the Sonic thing. It seems like they're listing off. Oh god, you got me back on this. For, the, for what I've seen from the Sonic things, it seems like they have a list of just things or objects that must be in this. And they're just exactly. checking it off. Because the exactly. town's called Green Hill. 
which is the first level of the game. And it's like, up, oh, we need somebody named Dr. Ivo Robotnik. Does he need to look like Teddy Roosevelt? I don't know. Get, 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 get Jim Carrey. Check. Sure, there's rings in it. Check. He has red shoes. Check. God dang it. Stop distracting me. <laughs> Objection. Uh, am I being held in contempt of court? Yes. <laughs> no, but like that's what I mean though with Watchmen is that it's there's so much going on in the source material. You cannot adapt it unless you're doing essentially like what they're supposedly doing with the HBO series where you're going to devote like an hour or two to each chapter. Like, yes, if you want to do a faithful adaptation where you're going to devote like two or three hours to each chapter – that that makes perfect sense to me. If you have, if you want to give some filmmaker a half a billion dollars to do that, by all means, go ahead and do it. But again, I don't blame Hack Snyder. He's trying to be faithful, but it seems almost uh, disingenuous. Like it's like, oh, we're going to be faithful. Yet when you're being faithful in a three-hour-long film, you're going to have to cut other things out. So you're you're making decisions on what's important and what's not important. That's not being faithful to the source material. Just because you line up a shot almost perfectly of seeing Dan Dryberg sitting on, like, an egg crate as as he, like, leans back and you see the, the, the night owl suit in his closet, it's like, that's great. You copied a scene, so you didn't have to put any sort of imagination into it. It's a one-to-one copy. You're essentially doing what a Xerox machine does. That's, there's no imagination involved there. And I think that's what really disillusioned me with that. That's what really kind of disillusioned me with this over the last how many years was that there is that – it's just there's no imagination to it. And I think that's what Watchmen – provided people during the 80s it really was this kind of new horizon for for comics you know it's it's a graphic novel it's not a comic and i think thank you <laughs> but that was another hallmark of the cinematis conversation was that this movie or i'm sorry watchmen the graphic novel is a deconstruction of what comic books were for the last 60 years and you have that. It's definitely in that original graphic novel. It is that deconstruction, obviously, Dr. Manhattan being a deconstruction of Superman. And you look at Watchmen 2009 and look at when that movie came out and when it was made. It was produced during 2007, which was – if you know – anybody knows their comic book movie history, 2007 was when Spider-Man 3 was the biggest thing. There was no MCU. There was no Dark Knight. It was that. And so this movie's being made in that environment. And you have a, a adaptation of a comic that's meant to deconstruct superheroes come out, uh, what, less than a year after you have the comic book movie Renaissance with Iron Man and the Dark Knight? Mm-hmm. And it, it's so misplaced. Like Watchmen shouldn't have, shouldn't have been like if Watchmen was greenlit now, it'd make perfect sense. It'd be like, oh, this is a perfect time to finally realize like the MCU is stale. It's just regurgitating the same themes over and over and over again. DC is floundering, and they've just now started to make sense of it once they started copying Marvel in, in earnest. And that's why Watchmen makes sense now. It doesn't make sense in two thousand nine. Because there, there was it had no purpose then, and I think that's kind of what my ultimate complaint is, even with the with the Hack Snyder films. It really doesn't serve a purpose of this like let's just make a Watchmen movie because comic book movies are popular. So I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think that this movie this this movie holds up for me in some regards as like a hallmark of 
like something that I believe was amazing that that was ahead of its time that was one of the yeah I mean yeah they they had to cut stuff um if you watch one of the and, and this was also one of the best blu-rays experiences I've ever done um you need to watch the the ultimate cut with the blu-ray stuff but there is a um I think it's the director's cut you can watch it and it has Zack Snyder doing commentary but what it will do is it will pause the movie and it will like zoom it out to where he's standing beside like a TV screen, mm-hmm. and he'll talk about like the scene and stuff. Yeah, max- cut- oh yeah, maximum movie mode. Yeah, I'm yeah, right. yeah, awesome, loved it. That, that that was one of those things. As somebody who loves commentary, that was like the like what what Blu-ray could Blu-ray could offer in like awesome extra features and stuff. Because don't forget, this was also a time when Blu-ray and DVD were sort of where Blu-ray was really showing what was capable with it and yeah, he explained in that in one of the things why they had to change it in the movie why they changed it and I, I i agree with it he said that it would have taken up almost another half an hour or so to shoot the to have added to the movie and that it, the movie was already running too long and that would have taken away from other scenes of development with other characters so he said that he felt like changing the writers felt like changing it was a good thing to do. But Zack Snyder is very well known for shooting for making comic panels come to life on screen. He did it with um with Batman versus Superman. There's plenty of scenes in there that are steal, stolen from multiple different comics. Where it's poses or stuff like that or scenes that it's like I I can see the pages came off of. Um, Watchmen 300, 300 is basically like I said a shot for shot of the original graphic novel like just if, if it's a scene that, that looks weird out of place it's probably because there's a comic book image he's trying to recreate and that's the thing it's I mean I don't know you, you bring up a good point of would this work today or would it have been better if it came out today I, don't, I think I don't, I don't think Watchmen were, I really don't think Watchmen as a commercial entity as as a film or screen adaptation, what you put on the TV, Netflix, who knows where you put it? I don't think it works because I think it's meant it, it's like anything Alan Moore does. It's meant to disenfranchise casual audiences. Why well, I feel like there's an Alan Moore quote that I said in that ep- in the episode about like what he said about this. Well, Alan Moore, I, that's the thing. Uh, about uh, Alan, Moore, uh, Alan Moore hates his own creation more than anyone else does. I feel. Well, I I think he hates. The, I don't think he hates his own creation. He hates the fact that everybody misunderstands and mishandles his creation. Like that's why I think that's I think that's the ultimate. Like much like the comedian, I think the ultimate last laugh of Watchmen is the fact that you can't adapt it. You really there's so much going on, and it's not intended to be commercialized. I think that's the whole point of Watchmen. I think that's why the the 2009 movie fails. I guess I don't think it's an incompetently made movie. I'm not like complaining. Like um, I guess it should be noted that the very first episode of Cinematis is we talked about Batman v Superman and all the like. Nothing says comic book movie like 9/11 imagery for the first half an hour. And it, like, I'm not talking about that failure of like filmmaking. I'm not saying this is a bad movie because like oh the shots are lit bad. Or this, I'm not saying that. I think it's a failure in more the uh, a pre-production sense, where someone should have said, like, you know what? Instead of trying to make Watchmen, let's let's try to make Aquaman first. Let's try to make Wonder Woman first. Like, it's baffling to think that we got a Watchmen movie almost a decade prior to an Aquaman movie in what uh, 
well, how long would it be? Eight years before uh, Wonder Woman. Like, that's just astounding when you think about it. It's like Wonder Woman, part of the DC Trinity. It took her eight years more than a Watchmen movie. Like, that's baffling. Like, that's shocking. Like, I want everyone that listens. I would imagine anyone who listens to Zangness is a comic book nerd or, or was just steeped in this stuff. And think about that. Wonder Woman. Eight years after this. They thought they cracked this before they cracked Wonder Woman. And I guess, I guess she was in Batman v Superman, so technically it's only seven years. But still, like, that just shows you how horribly misguided the thought process was at Warner Brothers at that time. Because, again... Context on Cinemodies were the connoisseurs of context. Keep in mind, this movie was was greenlit and put into production before the Dark Knight was even in theaters. So you didn't have any of that. Like I think everybody knows the Dark Knight kind of just I joked that the Dark Knight ruined comic book movies for five years. And you didn't have that. Like that's the that's the fascinating part of this movie was that what when this movie was was in the was uh gestating everybody's minds. Spider-Man 3 was the thing. And I know that's kind of the dirty word nowadays in comic book movies. We kind of see we forget about Joel Schumacher Batman and we look at Sam Raimi Spider-Man 3 as the worst thing in comic book movies. I get to, that just kind of says the short attention spans we have now. But like that's that's the part I find fascinating about Watchmen is that was the genesis of this. Or this incarnation because I know they had other drafts. Like, Sanger, do you know anything about the other drafts they had? prior to uh, Hack Snyder's version? I, I know you guys had mentioned them, and it it's one of those things that, like, as I was listening to you guys mention them and thinking about them, I'm like, we should be lucky we got what we got. Um, it just, I, I'm, I'm reading something here. It does say there have been numerous attempts since 1986 to make this, and I know that you mentioned that there was one involving time travel or putting it at a different... Um, like yeah, setting in a different error, and I'm like, yeah, Afghan war. you you have to do it in the time frame it 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 it's in. Like changing it like that, I it doesn't work, in my opinion. Like it, well, yeah, you you have to adapt. Like this is one of those you have to adapt it the way it was. It's not something to where it's like, oh well, let's take um, Batman the the Batman um the, the Dark Knight Returns the Batman versus Superman where that was taken from put it in a different like that you you can do it and it's it's okay but it's like this has to be set in that time frame for it to make sense and for stuff to work yeah I I don't disagree I I just want to put it on record like I'm not one of these people that's trying to make anyone dislike a movie that they like like I'm not like one of these Last Jedi people that's like oh it's my job to to tear anybody down that likes something. No, if you like this movie, I'm talking about the, the general you, not just Zenger. Like, if you like Watchmen 2009, that's fine. I'm, I'm not going to take that away from you. I'm just trying to explain the fact as to why this movie does, why audiences didn't respond to this movie. Which, could, which, mind you, when you said this was a flop, I was like, it was? Oh, yeah. This is a, like, no, it's not, it's again, it's not a cutthroat island where, like, it bankrupted the studio, but in the sense of, like, what it cost to what, like, yeah, this was a yeah. This was this is a big flounder for Warner Brothers. Like Green Lantern level bad, which would come out only a few years later. Keep that's another one. Keep in mind, this came out before a Green Lantern movie came out. That's another thing that's so weird. It's like it's kind of like like everyone keeps joking about the fact that like oh Disney made a Guardians of the Galaxy movie before they made a Black Panther or a Captain Marvel. It's like folks. 
DC made a Watchmen movie before before well, Wonder Woman. That's that's the funny thing. Like I've always said that Guardians of the Galaxy was basically a middle finger straight to DC, going, "We're gonna make a movie about the most one of the most obscure characters, some of the most obscure characters we have, and it's gonna be Zanger, successful." Zenger, do you know why uh, Disney went ahead with the Guardians of the Galaxy movie? Why? All right, I'm going to let everybody on Zeng this on a little secret. Um, there's only one reason why they made that movie. Was it for the ride? It was for the ride. Because there's a thing that everybody forgets this. Well, not forgets it. That uh, when Marvel was hemorrhaging money back during the 90s, they basically sold the film rights. They basically they needed as much cash as they could get to save the company. And they sold the theme park rights pretty much in perpetuity to um, Universal and there's a rule that they can't uh, – no one can build any Marvel attractions essentially east of the Mississippi River. And it's always been a major uh, issue uh, between Disney and Universal. And Well, Universal has been owned by many different uh, corporate entities. Now they're owned by Comcast. But there's always been this contract as to the characters that Disney could use east of the Mississippi. And there's apparently – the rule is they can use any characters that aren't featured – in the Marvel Islands of Adventure section of the Universal Orlando theme park. And apparently there's this giant mural of all the major <laughs> Marvel characters. So it's like you have everybody. You have Captain Marvel, Black Panther, all these characters that were kind of like C-list characters in the 90s. And the only reason why they greenlit Guardians of the Galaxy was that they were really – they looked at the list of characters they had they could use. And they were the most commercial ones. And that should tell you how limited they were in their scope at the time. And that's because everybody forgets that Avengers comes out May 2012, and they announced Guardians of the Galaxy July 2012. And that's when Disney said, okay, we have our blockbuster, we have our foundation now. And that's the only reason why. That's the only reason why that movie got greenlit. It wasn't because they had a great idea or because they felt they could bring those characters to life in the best way possible, which again, Guardians of the Galaxy is its own discussion, but it was because we can make theme park rides out of this. That's the, that's the again, as cynical as that may sound. That is the core reason as to why you have those characters. But See, I, it's about I, I, Watchmen and Sonic, I, right? God dang it. I, I, if, if I can go the rest of this episode without mentioning Sonic, I'll be happy. After me mentioning it right there. Um, no, I mean, like I said, you brought up some good points that made me kind of think more on my movie decision of that. That is, that I... I I hold that up as a very iconic moment for comic book movies. That this is, like, was the unfilmable thing, and it got made, and that it stays as fateful as it can to the source material is impressive. But I guess I'm looking at it through rose-tinted glasses, and you kind of, your, your nitpicking at it kind of made me go, huh, there are some little tiny cracks in the veneer of this. Well, like I said, I, I'm not trying to make anyone dislike this. Oh, no, I, I, I know you're not. And like I said, I, I still love this. It's just it's one of those things that I feel like if you really love a movie a lot or enjoy a movie a lot, you have to look at it from maybe someone who doesn't. It's point of view. So I, I appreciated that. And I wanted to bring you on to sort of discuss that on here, too, and have me be able to respond to you live instead of aimlessly standing in a frozen food section of a grocery store in like yelling out loud or or like we do on nights of air where we spend time talking about zeng this yes we yes have this Z- is... we have our zeng that moment yes i i didn't want an entire nights of vader episode i mean not that we don't 
need content right now. I mean, there's so much going on in the Star Wars news. <laughs> Still no episode nine title, folks. Still, Still no, no episode, episode nine, nine title. title. <laughs> gonna have to gonna have to find another topic this week. <laughs> Digging through the bottom of the barrel, people. Oh god. But yeah, so like that that's my thing with Watchmen. It's like I did love the movie at one point. It's not like I walked out of it being like grinding my teeth, being like this I'm not one of these last Jedi people with it where it was like, okay, um it didn't give me specifically why why I wanted in the sense of like, oh I didn't get my moment with Luke. It's like no, I, I ten years ago, how old was I ten years ago? I was sixteen years old and I walked out of it loving it. Like I guess I had three po- I had God, I had Four posters of it in my room. I, I, I in the Cinematis episode. I, sorry to keep mentioning that. No, it's fine. It's like, That's what caused all this. Yes, it is the inciting incident that led us to this point in our lives. But no, like, like we in high school, my social circle of friends with Rob, it was like we had all these things. We quote all these lines together. Like, uh, I was a hero. God damn it, uh, Janie, don't leave me. Don't leave me, Moloch. Uh, give me a name. Don't bite down. Like, no, it was part of our our zeitgeist of, of a handful of friends. It really was. And it's over time. I remember even when I was in college, uh, I had a film studies textbook. And I think it was it, it was published, I think, in like 2010. And one of the last entries it had, it was like mandatory viewing, was uh, Watchmen. And no, like I said, if, if the Watchmen movies ever going to be remembered for anything, it's not going to be remembered because of Dr. Manhattan's blue ding dong. Oh, yeah, the that's the that other we, thing I need to argue with you about. We'll, Thank we'll you. Get there. We'll get there. And and or the squid monster versus the, the ending of the 2009 film. No, people aren't going to remember that. Um, anybody with half a brain or head can understand why they changed the ending. And that's why that was never a concern. I, the ending works for what it is. I have no complaints with the I ending. I remember a few people m- mentioning it back in the day when I saw it were complaining that, oh, the ending doesn't work. And it's like, I read the book, watched the movie. Each works in its own way. Uh, one of my favorite, other favorite movies, Fight Club. Movie ends differently than the book. It has to. They have to work that. Like, a book can end a certain way and a movie can end a certain way. And they kind of can't work if you switch them back and forth. This is what I understand. It would have came out of left field if they all of a sudden showed up giant tentacle monster out of nowhere. And it would have been like this weird, take another 20 minutes of your time to even vaguely explain it, I feel. No, well, okay. Well, this is the, this is the thing I think Zanger's going to bring up, but correct me if I'm wrong. Is that in, in, in the discussion we had on Cinematis, I said that... If you're going to have a blue man's ding dong wagging around for as many times as it does, that is that is no less jarring than a giant squid monster in Times Square. It, to me, audiences would be more on board with that, a giant squid monster, than seeing a blue glowing man schlong. I, I, I think audiences... Actually, no, that wasn't my argument for it. Okay, well, what is your blue man schlong argument? I, I'm pretty sure I'm just rehashing what I said before, but one that needed oh. to be in the movie. Because it's, no. it's one of those things that was in the comic enough that it's like, if you don't put it in, you're 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 basically crapping out at the finish line of no. like not being faithful, at least in that regard. But it was oh. another thing to where I loved how they set it up, and this is really weird in this context, but hear me out. There is so many moments leading up to them finally showing it to where you think that it's just going to be vaguely covered by something. There's just going to be an object randomly in the way. Or you're just not going to see it. Because there was like a few times where it was like it showed Dr. Manhattan from behind. And you couldn't see it. There was a part where he turned 
and you still couldn't see it. And there was, I think, another point where he walked, and there was something blocking it. And then you finally saw it in the rest of the movie. It was just there the entire time. Well, okay. This is – I really don't want to reiterate my discussion, but my concern – not my concern. But, you're okay, this movie cost $130 million to make, I think. Either 110 or 130 the I, I, th- I think it's 130 I think I was – hold on, wait. I actually got it pulled up. All right. You can keep talking. Okay. Well, oh, well, okay. Whatever the dollar amount is, we're talking about a nine-figure sum. And my thing is that you're trying – when you spend that much money on a project like this, you are trying to make it as commercial as possible. The same reason why this movie was three hours long versus being only two hours. And the moment you put a blue ding $130 million. $130 million. Thank you. Uh, it's probably a little bit more if I had to guess. And obviously that doesn't factor in a marketing or anything like that. So, But my, my issue with that is – by putting something like that into the movie, you are going to distract people. You put you put even a non-glowing male ding-dong in the movie. It's going to distract people. The movie-going culture in 2009, and I don't think it's changed much now, anytime you have male frontal nudity, it's going to take people out of the movie. It's just going to. And in a movie like this, especially when it's glowing blue and how, how it moves – it's it's going to do that. So my thing, the recommendation I made in the discussion was, we don't see his his bare body until after the sequence where he's he's going down on Sally Jupiter, and in that sequence, it is made abundantly clear that he is. And again, I don't want to get too graphic, but he's pleasuring her in a way that doesn't involve him using that his male appendage. And I figured, oh, if you're going to do that. Take and the whole fact that one of the core themes of the graphic novel and Hack Snyder's film is Doctor Manhattan's disconnect from his humanity, and he doesn't really regain that till the very end of the film. So I figured, oh, what better way than to visually show that to the audience, other than having a 15-minute-long sequence uh, with uh, Philip Glass music playing? Why don't you do it to the fact that he's actually erased his 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 his, his manhood? That, to me, would make more sense to visually show the audience that that's how removed he is from humanity. He's taken the, the thing that, he, that, that makes him human, that, that, help not, that helps him procreate or allows him to procreate, and that's what he does. And to me, you, you basically you, – you, oh, God. You kill two birds with one stone. You get rid of the jarring male nudity, plus you have it tie into the greater narrative of what Dr. Manhattan is and what his character is. And – I, I think that would definitely work better. Again, is it not faithful to the adi- to the source material? But that's yes. the thing; it has to be because that's what Snyder does. Yeah, but by making a three-hour-long movie instead of a seven-hour-long movie, he's already conceded he can't make a. F- that 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 was my thesis. I, I don't think. Okay, discussion. okay. I I, I want to put this out there. I don't think we should make a bet on that. He couldn't have done it because you know he would have. But okay, but we gotta be practical here, though. It's, like I, I said that with the the HBO series. If HBO wants to give what's his name, um, uh, oh my God, Damon Lindelof, half a billion dollars to make a a one to one adaptation of the graphic novel, fine. They can spend their money any way they want. But I feel you do need, like any sort of adaptation. You need to you you need to bridge that divide with something. You have to take some with any sort of adaptation. There needs to be creative license and freedom, and that's why I say by just bringing it to the silver screen, you are conceding something. 
and that's why even like the the motion comic i've i have the motion comic on blu-ray and even that how how even though it, it's just it's basically the most one-to-one adaptation you can get of the source material even that takes some creative liberties in that how it positions speech bubbles how it has and think about it when you have actors reading the, the dialogue from the characters their inflections that is artistic license that is not a you don't know what was going through alan moore's head when he wrote this having an actor inflect a certain word that is not faithful because we don't know what it is like even i think i said in the um the scene with uh, when doc when uh the comedian shoots the Vietnamese, the pregnant Vietnamese woman, and you have the whole thing where Doctor Manhattan raises his voice, raises his voice, and goes, "No!" Like that is completely out of character for Doctor Manhattan. I'd be willing to bet that if you went back to that panel in the graphic novel, there's no exclamation point there. And by Zack Snyder oh, doing God that one thing, dang th- it! I just took my graphic novel down the stairs. I actually have had it sitting here for a while for like no apparent reason. Well, okay, for the sake of argument, let's just pretend. And that's my concern, that you change one thing, you can throw out the faithful adaptation thing out. That goes out the window. It just – it goes out the window, and that's my thing with this. Um, and I think what Zenger said with 300, it ties into this. Zach well, 300 isn't – I mean they, they had to – there's a lot of male nudity in that they cut out. Well, that's what I mean, though. But, like, 300 was the template for how Hack Snyder got this job. And I remember when 300 – I was a freshman in high school when when 300 came out. And that thing exploded in popularity. I remember when that movie came out. I saw it in theaters. And it was one of those things where, like, I was shocked how many people were talking about that that following Monday. Like, it was just like I, – I think even Warner Brothers was shocked how much money that movie made and how much it resonated with the culture at the time. Not so much now. That movie, we don't talk about that movie that much anymore. Um, but, when we make it to 300 episodes on Zygnus, you know what we're doing. Well, okay, good. I, like I said, I think 300 deserves some more. I, I would, I would love to talk about 300, but it's one of those things, since it does have a numerical thing, I have to wait. Patiently. Why is that? Cause, oh. <laughs> yeah, because the 300th episode. Oh, good Lord, Zanger. We'll all be dead by then. <laughs> we'll all be dead by then. Oh God! Um, yeah, like I said, I, no, like clearly, Hack Snyder got the Watchmen job based on what he was doing with with three hundred, and how much. And again, and Watchmen made a lot more money than it should have. Like, I don't think anybody expected Watch. I'm sorry, three. No one expected three hundred to make two hundred and ten domestic in March of two thousand seven. And then the fact that Watchmen came out two years later, almost to the date later, is even further evidence of that. And and I think most of Zack Snyder's films have come out in March. Oddly enough, like what? Sucker Punch came out in March of 2011. Man, well, Man of Steel was June of 2013. Batman v Superman was March, and Justice League. Well, Justice League is, is its own has its own history and, and problems, so it's not fair to judge that movie. But uh, yeah, like I said, I, I think that's the issue with with, with Hack Snyder is that. He, he's so concerned of getting the one-to-one representation down that he kind of loses perspective on the on the larger picture. And again, it's a matter of preference. I'm not telling anybody that they're wrong. I'm just saying – I'm pointing out the argument that if you are trying to do a one-to-one recreation of something, the moment you try translating that from another medium – you, you've you've lost fo- point of it. It's kind of like the the you have to concede that you're not you're not doing that anymore, and again whatever I, I don't 
I don't begrudge anyone who likes this. It's like, you know what? As long as you're happy, don't let me take it away from you. So I, I've, I've got nothing else to say. <laughs> and I, not, not that I'm out of stuff to say. It's just I feel like we're just going to, you know, one, I, I was going to tell people, of course, to listen to your episode. And I feel like at a certain point, it's just going to be, we're just going to rehash everything from that episode. But um, I want to point this out. So your friend Sal. Yes. So, not trying to be rude, but the second oh, I heard that rude. name, the second I heard that name, I'm like, that guy either A, was eating a sandwich during the movie, or B, <laughs> knew a good sandwich place to go. What did you do after the movie? <laughs> we went to a deli and got sandwiches. <laughs> I'm not joking. That is immediately the second I heard you say, yeah, I went to go see it with my friend Sal. I'm like, that, that, that kid knew... Either A, where to get a good sandwich, or B, was eating a sandwich during the movie. Oddly am, enough. Am I wrong? No, no, you're not wrong. You're amazingly <laughs> spot on. If, if, this is a little bit more backstory to Sal. Sal, um, Sal was Italian with a capital I. Because him and I roomed together freshman year of college. And even prior to that, I knew what kind of his diet consisted of. By the I, way, I, was not assuming he was Italian. Oh, I just feel he oh, knew where to get a sandwich. Oh, come on, Zanger. How many people named Sal are Irish? It's like, come, <laughs> a come lot. Um, but no, like, he subsisted almost entirely on pasta. Like, like, I'm pretty sure if you, like, you you looked at what he consisted of on, like, a molecular level, I'm pretty sure he was at least probably 70% pasta. And that's not an exaggeration either. If, if you knew him in the slightest, uh, probably anything understatement. But yeah, no, uh. No, like I said, well, I, I have a complicated history with Watchmen. It's one of those things where um, I, a few years ago I rewatched it, and I'm like, because I even I, I didn't even we didn't bring up here that like I only I only like the theatrical cut. I can't stand the director's cut because of how much it changes, and I've never seen the seven hour long cut. It all of them I feel give the give the movie more room to breathe. It gives more stuff time to to like to have more in there to have more stuff to where if there's people like oh why they cut this it's like well. It's technically in this cut of it, so, buh. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's I, I'm it's a goofy movie. I'm not somebody who's like you need to have the Black Freighter. I now, mind you, I love watching the Ultimate Cut because it's the Ultimate Cut. But the Black Freighter stuff, I'm like, yeah, it's cool to have in there. It's great to have um, Gerard Butler somehow be involved in the movie. But yeah, I mean, it's it's is it necessary for the book? Yes, for the movie. It doesn't. I don't know. It's it's one of those things where once again, reading a book, that metaphor works better than in watching a movie because movie show books tell. Yeah. Again, uh, I, I think. Well, then again, it's a comic. Topic. I don't know. It's a comic book. So. Well, again, part of the thing too with Watchmen was that like it was released on Blu-ray or I'm sorry, home video initially in July of 2009. And I remember, like, everybody – because I remember at that – between when the movie came out in the home video release, everybody was, like, kind of talking, like, oh, like – because like, Hack Snyder would talk in interviews that, like, oh, they animated Tales from the Black Freighter. Everyone's like, oh, man, like, when are we going to get that? Like, are we ever going to see it? And he's like, well, it depends on what the studio wants to do. So they released the Blu-ray in July, the initial one, the director's cut and the theatrical cut, which you can only get on DVD, by the way. If anybody wants to watch a the theatrical cut, it's only available on DVD. Good luck. 
Well, I well, I, I guess I don't. Know, that's a weird one. They might not even make that anymore. I haven't looked into that because I know I I remember I bought the Blu-ray for like twenty-five dollars and like I didn't Actually, like it. Hold on a second. Well, because I know on the DVD they don't say whether it's um whether it's the theatrical. It doesn't say it anywhere on the well. Okay, back in two thousand nine, it didn't say anywhere if it was theatrical cut. It just said like Watchmen. Because like Zenger said, that was kind of the point of the Blu-ray at the time. It was, oh, you're getting the director's cut. We can't do this on the DVD. This is the weirdest episode of Knights of Vader ever. We're not talking about Star Wars. This is yeah, like a Knights of Vader episode, not about Star Wars. I'm back. <laughs> I, I, just, I just came back to hearing this is a Knights of Vader episode, not about Star Wars. <laughs> it's basically what it feels like. It's a Knights of Vader episode without Star Wars. I figured I'd save us the trouble of trying to force this to happen when we record it and just doing it naturally. Alright, so I have the ultimate cut in front of me. The ultimate cut consists of the ultimate cut of the movie, the special features, the DVD, which is the... What's the runtime? 162 minutes, which... Alright, that's that's the actual cut. That's a theatrical cut. Okay. So the ultimate cut does contain every version of the movie. Well, it doesn't. Oh, and then it also has the motion comic on Blu-ray. Okay, so basically, the ultimate does the ultimate cut include the director's cut? No, but I have the really? director's cut. Interesting. So they include on that ultimate cut because that when that originally came out, that was expensive. That was like seventy or eighty dollars. I remember. Yep. And they didn't include a director's cut on that. Wow. No, because they assume that you're just going to watch the ultimate cut. Well, I guess they figure you already bought the director. They figure if you're buying an eighty dollars, well, here's the funny thing. I remember when it came out, you got it, and there was a little piece of something yep. like ad for the whatever the next version was that was coming out later. Yep, yep. I have I have that in my copy of the Blu-ray. Yep, it, I saw that while I was rewatching it. It's yeah, and yeah. I have the director's cut somewhere on the wall. Because Ellie, te- Ellie's is technically the ultimate cut. I got it for her as a gift. Mm. But, but yeah. No, I mean, I... Yes, it's long. Yes, we did watch it for the for the record we did earlier in the year or last year. And it's the one I would prefer to watch, though it is one of those that I def- definitely do in multiple sittings. You have to plan your, basically your whole day around that if you wanted to watch it. Well, I mean, th- think about it this way. Not to, I was trying to avoid bringing up Star Wars because that's all we talk about otherwise. But I, I'd like on if 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 I can get off on May the Fourth, I try to watch all the Star Wars movies. That sounds horrible. It's not that bad. As someone who hosts a Star Wars podcast, <laughs> that sounds absolutely horrible. I, I'm pretty sure I have plans this year on something going on that day, so I don't think I'm going to be able to. But I normally try to at least watch one of them, if not, like, one of the saga. But now it, it keeps getting longer. It keeps getting harder to do. I think I did the math once on exactly. Because I also said that, that you would have to include, of course, the uh, the the Clone Wars, too. Zanger, there's only 24 hours in a day. The, sorry, the good Clone Wars. Zanger, there's only 24 hours in a day. <laughs> but Zanger, there's like 15 Star Wars movies down. There's about to be 15 more. I, I know, and that's, that's the TV problem. Series. As 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 this continues, my tradition will eventually just revert back to you know I'm just gonna watch the original trilogy and well, uh, and Rogue One. 
Well, it kind of reminds me of like what I used to do before like every new MCU movie. I remember when like the Avengers came Good out in God. 2012. It was like, oh, like I remember in the lead up for that when I was in college, like, oh, like one night because I had all the movies on uh, Blu-ray, like one night, like the week before it came out, like we watched Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk. Iron Man 2, Thor, the first Avenger. And then, like, now, like, if you want to watch any of those movies, it's like, okay, clearly there's not enough hours in a month to watch all these. So, like, what two like, are the most important context-wise as to what this current film is? And it's like, oh, my God, it's, it's such a miserable thing now trying to, like, rewatch MCU movies. So it's, like, it's just like, oh, boy, this is going to be fun. Like, it's just it, all the fun's been siphoned out of it. I, 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 it's one of those things that, that when we do our movie specials, every now and then what me or Ellie will mention, oh, why don't we do the MCU? And we both scream, no, 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 get it away. Because <laughs> I'm like, one, that, 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 would, that would devote now almost two years of time if we were doing one a month. <laughs> uh-huh. Which we, we, we have already proven that. I mean, yes, we love doing Harry Potter. Yes, we love doing Star Wars. But doing longer movie series it takes a lot out of you because it's like you have to talk about it every month which once again why do i do a star wars podcast but um but yeah it's one of those things where it's like i cannot imagine doing that now like i feel like you just start a new podcast at that point i would imagine there's at least probably a hundred people that have had that yeah. exact same thought yeah i mean that, that, that's the other thing we have reviewed some of the movies we're going to be reviewing captain marvel and it's like, do we do we Ex- go back and redo excuse it? Excuse me, Ellie's going to review Captain Marvel. Zenger is not allowed. Yes. Per Brie Larson. Yes, per Brie Larson, I cannot say anything but absolute silence about it. I don't know. Silence I, defi- I definitely can't review it on Rotten Tomato. No, Zenger. You know what we should do if we don't get okay. We're recording. Okay, uh, peek behind the curtain, folks. We're recording the next Knights of Vader episode Saturday. If we don't get after Knights. After we have both seen Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. You know what we should do? If we don't get an episode 9 title between now and then, we should read Captain Marvel Rotten Tomatoes reviews. I'd like to think I, we'll do something Star Wars related for about 10 minutes. No. Which will be I, me I, screaming about Sonic still. No, after how great our uh, reading Rotten Tomatoes episode. Oh, God. Uh, what if the there's a trailer Jedi? for Sonic by then? <laughs> I don't know. I feel. I feel like. We should do that. We might have to resort to that if we don't get an episode nine title. I, I just, you know, there there is an infinite amount of Star Wars content, but for some reason we're just waiting on episode nine title, and then we'll just go back to you know just actually thinking of good ideas for the show. Yeah, but well, no. Think about. No, go ahead. Oh God, Star Wars nonsense. But getting back to a uh, comic book stuff. Um, yeah, the MCU is miserable. I know for Cinemodies we're gonna be doing the Avengers Endgame experiment for the month of April after the horrible, horrible movie going experience I had for Avengers Infinity War. And we're going to be like talking about like different elements of that. And it's like nothing. I can't imagine anything more miserable than like talking about a Marvel movie. I I honestly can't like, like, you know, I want to do it for again, academic, just, Oh God, what's the old saying? Uh, Once a philosopher, twice a pervert. I'm I'm doing it for that sort of reason being like, Oh, it's like some reason to kind of like just, do mental gymnastics to stretch my mind even further. But like those Marvel movies, like unless you get something like a guardians of the galaxy or Thor Ragnarok, I can't imagine spending like two hours talking about Ant-Man, the wasp. 
Like, I can't imagine a more boring conversation than that. You know, we did an episode on it. Did you really? Yeah, I think so. God, why are you making me try to remember stuff I've done? You're telling me we got an Ant-Man the Wasp saying this before we got Crimes of Grindelwald? Yes. Where do I unsubscribe? Where is this unsubscribe button? Also, right also, I need, to, stars. I, I need to give, I need to send down your punishment, by the way. Oh, I haven't been sentenced yet. Excuse me. I didn't mean to uh, interrupt the court proceedings you're on. Uh, no, no, I'm just saying I, I need to do that. I'm reminding you to remind me, basically. To good, do good. Let's see here. Venom. Oh, magic. I'm, God. Oh, hey, there, there's the Watchmen episode. Episode 103, by the way. Um, also, go check out the Jack of Trades episode where we talk about the comic. I don't think you did Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm almost certain you didn't. Because I would have listened to it. I, I remember the Thor Ragnarok episode, but I do not remember. Wait, wait, wait. I think I did a Patreon episode. Oh, okay. Okay, I don't feel bad now. Because Ellie didn't get a chance to see it. Ellie dodged a bullet. Or she... Nope, nope, nope. Episode 101. Is it really? Episode 101. Huh, how about that? Description. Ellie and Zinger discuss everything going on in the world of geek. Then it's time to discuss Ant-Man and the Wasp. Hey, that's when we were sponsored by Studio. Use code Zingness at checkout. <laughs> uh, Alright, I'll take that back then. Does that link even work still? Are they even still a company? Oh man, Zanger's about to get a virus on his computer in real time. You ever hear you ever hear an audio recording of a, of a virus being downloaded onto a computer? You're about well, to. You're, you're about to. Oh, nope, there's still a company. Good for them. Proud of them. But no, I mean... Vader has sponsor. <laughs> Just buy a mug. God dang it. <laughs> I remember when Knights of Vader used to have four hosts. I remember when Knights of Vader, <laughs> Knights of Vader was, a, was a different show. <laughs> I remember when Knights of Vader wasn't called Knights of Vader. I remember when Singer got tricked into being on Knights of Vader. <laughs> hey, that was uh, that was not intentional. <laughs> <laughs> it's entrapment. <laughs> Oh, uh, God, the okay, so um, uh, there's my gavel. Your punishment for doubting the amaz- amazingness that is Watchmen, even though you did defend yourself and may have opened my eyes to some faults and even in my own thinking. Sorry, I had to stare off longingly for a second after saying that. He got you pork, folks. It's it's okay. He's allowed one or two of those this week. Yes. Um. Your punishment is you are to be forced to host the Zingies. Oh, my God. Well, good thing that's never going to happen, so. <laughs> I was waiting for your response to me. Well, when is it? And I was just going to be like, I don't know. Sometime in between now and next year, maybe? <laughs> between now and next year. In 2020s, the Zingies. Yes, the 2019 Zingies will be in 2020. <laughs> Even though we'll do the 2020 ones in 2019. Oh, wait, what? But that is your punishment. Do you feel you have been judged accordingly? As long as I don't have to watch Watchmen anymore, I'll be fine. Um, shouldn't be forced to. I think my punishment May. would be to watch the ultimate cut. Oh my god. I just can't believe you haven't seen that. As a movie aficionado, I figured you would have watched that. I, I or, or, or sorry, sorry, would have been the only version of it you accepted. I, I told you because I, I don't I, I reject the premise as to why people hold this in such high acclaim. 
I reject the core as to why everybody thinks this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And that's why it's like, oh. I, got, I think I say on the Cinematis thing, I, I, I have no reason to ever watch this movie again. Like, I, there's nothing this... Like, even as I was re-watching it for a discussion, I was like... I was like, oh, God, like, I remember most of this. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, there's some moments in this I find absolutely, again, the quotable lines are still funny. Um, the sex scene is probably the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in my life. And other than that, it's just like, oh, like, other than some, like, uh, like uh, yuckety yucks, it's like, it's there. Like, again, I, I, I'll tell your audience, watch it for yourself and make up, make up your own mind. If you like watching it, you know what? More power to you. Good for you. Just remember, folks. Don't let you don't expose your blue ding dong in public. That is an offense. <laughs> that that is a, that is definitely a misdemeanor, if not a felony. Unless you're a god depending, man, you de- cannot get away with that. Depending on the depending on how. I mean, that exactly. isn't like him. That should be bleeped. Like all like the last like five seconds should be bleeped straight. <laughs> uh, and just come back to me laughing like that. Perfect. Um. Remember, folks, silence is complicity. God dang it. Um, anyways, so, Zach, where can people, if they haven't figured it out by now, find you? Uh, you can find me on Zenger's side pat uh, eh, one more time. You can find me on Zenger's side podcast, Knights of Vader, where we're still waiting for the episode 9 title. And you can find me on Cinemodities, where we talk about weird movies with my co-host, Rob. And by the time you're hearing this... I don't know. It'll still be the Watchmen episode. That'll be our latest episode. But we talk about all kinds of weird stuff. We talk about music videos. We talk about. Uh, we finally talked about Tool, the music video Tool series that Zenger kept hyping. And I think. We'll yeah, the, the, one, the one with claymation where it's all weird. Yes, that was, and there was a lot of that. There was a couple of them like that, and they're all very unnerving. Yeah, there you go. Yep, and we'll be. I think after next the very next episode will be gods of egypt which i think i already said is gerard butler in ancient egypt with a scottish accent it he is, is possibly set one... yes he is set oh zenger knows yeah that is a gonzo movie folks but yes thank I'm, you, i've zenger never for... seen it by the way so you should definitely watch because I'm it is good. amazing real good <laughs> there's a giant space slug that like does like a giant river like a line of coke it's great you're saying words that I didn't realize went together into a sentence. And I am saying words based on a movie that costs $160 million and actually exists. Uh, um, of course, you know, all the Zingness stuff, you can find us, of course, anywhere on Zingness. Uh, as I said earlier, I have started my backlog challenge for March is Far Cry 3. And also, I would like to thank our newest patron, David Ginsburg from Tales from the Fandom. So, thank you, David. There's also a new episode out of me and Toby discussing random gaming stuff around. I could stop burping. Around um, the backlog challenge we are doing. So, check that out. Also, I'm going to try to get Toby on so me and him can just scream at the images of Sonic for about an hour. That'll be a Patreon exclusive. Though, it it will be. Discussion. It will be. It will just be me and him going, what's wrong with it? Why doesn't it look right? Help! Burn it with fire. That, that, that is what I keep saying every time I see images of it. I'm like, it, 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 nothing can make this better. Except for them changing the eyes, and I'm still saying they're doing it wrong. Don't be surprised if they... Was that an image that came out? Was that official or was that a leak? No, it was a leak, but it has been confirmed that that is official. 
Well, I, I'm not arguing that, but I'm trying to say though is that maybe they're still maybe that was something they were working on three or four months ago, and they're still refining it. Like, just because something's officially leaked doesn't. I'm sorry, just because something that's leaked is official does not mean that they're still not tweaking it. Eh. I wouldn't. I don't know. I, I that's the thing about blockbuster filmmaking nowadays, especially with a movie that doesn't come out for like what November seven more. Yeah, so what? Eight more months. They got eight months is a lot of time when it comes to visual effects. If if they feel that people aren't responding to that, they will they will tweak it accordingly. Or at least I hope so, for your sake anyway. I, I you know what? I keep forgetting this movie's coming out, so I hope we go another few months with nothing, so I can have it slink out of my brain again. I look forward to uh, millions and millions of people seeing the trailer for this in front of Avengers Endgame. I, I'm wondering where it's going to be. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Well, Zanger, thank you for having me on. I appreciate, uh, or I guess I should say, thank you for letting me represent myself and dig my hole a little bit deeper in the court of Zeng this. Oh, it's 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 always dug pretty. And anyone who appears in the court of Zengness is already starting at a disadvantage. Do I have any do I have any other cellmates? Like is there anybody else convicted in the Zengless court? Um Ellie's been convicted but refuses to serve <laughs> her sentence, so there's that. <laughs> okay. I, you know I get along. I think Ellie and I have very similar taste in movies, so I think we'll be good uh cellmates. I, I can't wait for the test when she asked when she watches um Crimes of Grindelwald. That comes out on Blu-ray Tuesday, so I look forward oh, to it. Oh it does? Oh man. And there's an extended cut. Oh, God. Do we have to watch both of them? That's up to you, sir. You're the one who likes extended ultimate cuts. I, You know what? Uh, go, going on a quick tangent, I know this episode was supposed to end probably f- what, 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 three what hours ago. recording about uh, an hour and 26 minutes ago. But um, so I watched the extended cut of Deadpool 2. I liked it because it let a lot of the jokes kind of have more time. Ellie did not enjoy it at that. Well, kind of was indifferent to it because she's like, I don't know. It just seemed to take too much time on some of the jokes. I'm like, I wonder if she had watched the regular cut if that had been different. Who knows? Eh, who knows? I, 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 yeah. Deadpool's its own zone bag of worms. It, it, it is this can, even though I still say the first one's better. The second one's still good, but anyways, yep. Um, I don't have a moment of Zang this week, so he stole that from Knights of Vader. Folks. I did I on record. I did, and normally I try to get some weird comment made during the episode, but there was too many in this one, so I'm not going to even try to narrow it down. I'm just kind of leaving it as a thing. I, I figured a, a naked blue god man schlong would be the easiest low hanging fruit. It would be, but you just, you just, you just. Gave it away there with with the easiest <laughs> low hanging fruit. Oh dear! Your moment of zang this week is make his eyes bigger. And it's still not right. Yeah. No. Oh, our moment is zang. Maybe having blue characters with weird body, openly with open body features, isn't best idea for movies. <laughs> Just stop. Yeah. No, because that covers the genie. That covers Doctor Manhattan. That covers Sonic. I know. It, it so much. Everything. Maybe Hollywood should, moment of Zang. I'm gonna steal it from. I'm gonna steal the ball away from Zanger. Maybe Hollywood should stop trying to make make anthropomorphic blue creatures realistic. Oh, um, one more thing. Doubling down on the Sonic trailer. Um, what what feature Eiffel 65 song in it? Does it really? No, I'm I'm just saying. I'm saying it now. Bet 
bet all, all bets on right now. One on one to ten odds, it does it feature? It better. So you're saying better. nine out of ten? Oh, it better. I don't bet? care. It better. I'm not doing nine out of ten. I'm saying like ten out of ten. It better or else. Okay, I'm 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 saying a solid eight out of ten that it will feature. I'm blue, in there. If, if it doesn't, somebody in the marketing department needs to get punched hard. Did, did you know Zenger in Captain Marvel? Because it takes place during the nineties. There's a scene where she fights somebody to the No Doubt song, "Just a Girl." Or what's that song called? Like a girl, just a girl. I, I'm just I'm I cannot wait for the Knights of Vader episode where we somehow comes out late even later, but there will be a discussion about it. That's gonna be a fun episode of Knights of Vader where we just discuss uh, Captain Marvel for an hour and a half. Yes. Uh, we're okay. Let's 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 put a challenge. See if we can pry any Star Wars out of it. <laughs> oh, we definitely because oh, Brie Larson wants to be a Jedi. She said that. And Ryan Johnson's like Yas Queen. <laughs> All right, on that, on that note, there's there's your moment of Zang. Ryan Johnson's the Yas Queen. <laughs> oh my god. See you guys next week. Adios.